Good morning. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It is the shortest day of the year, sadly, because tomorrow days start getting longer. Thank you so much for listening and welcome. Um, probably not going to do uh, the full week of podcasts simply with Christmas coming up. Also, some uh, there's some things that are rolling around in my head right now that I got to work out. And so I just wanted to cover a couple of items today. So fairly short, good, bad, I don't know. I'm not sure how you would think about that. In case you weren't aware, of course, there are uh, medicinal shortages, uh, particularly children's Tylenol, children's uh, ibuprofen uh, throughout the land, so much so that that, uh, pharmacies are now limiting how much an individual can purchase when they go into the store in the United States of America. So far, the Supreme Court has not um, lifted their stay on the ending of Title 42 pending the hearings uh, from several states' attorneys general uh, versus uh, essentially the United States government. The United States government, of course, as we've stated previously, working on behalf of the uh, drug cartels to facilitate their profit-making. Oh, just like Pfizer. Anyway, the uh, president has finally admitted that his Iran deal to resurrect the Obama-Iran deal is dead. Go figure, right? I mean, not because... Iran is the leading state sponsor of terror in the world. Not because of their sending arms to Gaza, to Yemen, to... Of course, we do the same thing with Yemen, don't get me wrong, okay? We're we're indirectly, and maybe even less than indirect, or more than indirectly, assisting the Saudis... In, in continuing that hellscape that is Yemen. All it took was the murder of a young woman by the Iranian government for not wearing a hijab. Now, don't forget, you know, we were working with, through Russia, even during the ongoing Russian-Ukrainian conflict to get this Iran deal done. So think about that for a minute. You know, the words that President Biden has used, it's uber dark today, by the way. Uh, The words that President Biden has used to describe Putin, and yet we were working through Russia to try to get some sort of a deal with Iran. Good call pushing Iran into uh, uh, the sphere of Russia. 
but that's no surprise. This administration's incompetence when it comes to foreign policy is just horrifying. But speaking of Ukraine, uh, I, I just said the, the administration, but in reality, it's Washington, D.C. And today, of course, uh, Zelensky, the, the corrupt dictator of Ukraine, that is the man of the year, according to Time magazine. Of course, Hitler was man of the year for Time magazine also back in his day. is going to be in Washington today and uh, talk to President Biden, and he's going to address a joint session of Congress. If I was a Republican in the House or Senate, I would not attend. You see, Democrats say that's what democracy looks like. Well, here's what democracy looks like in Ukraine. Zelensky has shut down opposition media, Zelensky has banned the opposition party. The only reason that he is still in power and that Ukraine is a country is because the United States has given them $50 billion. But that's not enough. The omnibus bill, which is all but ready to pass, 4,100 pages that was dropped on senators yesterday includes 45 billion more for Ukraine. In fact, Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, and because he's happier as a minority leader than a majority leader, he thwarted much of the election for senators by his allocation of resources, is proud of the fact that the United States' number one priority is keeping Ukraine fighting Russia. I want you to think about that for a minute, okay, because he's a Republican. And he said that the number one priority in the United States that the United States government has is to continue to pour money into defense contractors to fund weapons for Ukraine. The border is not the number one problem. Drug overdoses in the United States, which for people under the age of 45 outnumber the death has outnumbered the deaths uh, from COVID during the height of the pandemic is not his highest priority. Inflation is not his high, highest priority. In fact, he's encouraging more inflation by, by passing this omnibus bill. Is not his highest priority. Keeping money going to the defense contractors to provide weapons for Ukraine is Mitch McConnell's highest priority. So the question becomes, what other game in town is there? Because this game is not a game 
that anybody should want to play. And all the Republicans that that stand against this kind of garbage. They're being labeled, of course, you know, Russian lackeys and and in bed with Putin and, and all this stuff. And in reality, it's more of a question of what is there going to be left of Ukraine? Let's say somehow that Ukraine is successful in the long term. Which, by the way, the United States has given more money to Ukraine than all the European countries combined. They might as well be part of NATO, which they should not be, nor should Finland, frankly. But Finland is going to be in, and Ukraine probably will not. But they might as well be. What are some other tidbits in the omnibus bill? Representative Dan Bishop over in the House of Representatives has a pretty good Twitter stream uh, regarding uh, some of the highlights because he's actually endeavoring to read the bill. Um, You know, Atlas Shrugged, I think, is around 1,200 pages. I love the book. I've read it I don't know how many times. I can sit down and read that book over the course of several days. And that's me knowing what's going to happen on the next page. You know, so you're skimming lightly through the book, you know, focusing on parts just to make sure that there's not some little nugget which you've missed. Several days. And yet, our representatives in Congress are, have been had a 4,100-page bill. And that 4,100 pages, by the way, does not include references elsewhere. You know, so say, you know, it'll say, in accordance with USC, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And so those references are on the, the footnote is on the page. But the 4,100-page bill, if you want to fully understand it, is probably more like 10,000 pages. The federal government's primary responsibility is to secure the border. In fact, it's the only constitutional responsibility they have. And they have failed miserably at doing it. I'll be right back. Welcome back. There's a... Elon Musk has said, uh, in accordance with a Twitter poll that he did, that people want him to step down as CEO, has said that he will indeed step down as CEO as soon as he finds a suitable replacement. However, he is still going to be very hands-on over at Twitter, trying to make it so that it can remain a free speech platform. There was some issues over last weekend where some journalists were temporarily... Uh, suspended from Twitter. You know, leftist journalists finally just get a a little glimpse of what life has been for for conservatives on Twitter for the last uh, several years. 
But why were they suspended? Was it because Elon Musk is uh, some neoconservative? He's not. Still a progressive. He just happens to believe in free speech, which leftists don't. My grandmother, uh, my mom's mother, who was a socialist, um, always used to say, I hate what you're saying, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Forgive me, I had some congestion in the nose this morning. Uh, where have those leftists gone? Because those leftists are no longer in control. They still exist. Elon Musk, great example of that. Joe Rogan, you know, Joe Rogan podcast. That guy is no conservative. Tulsi Gabbard, no conservative. And yet they look like neocons compared to the people that are running the progressive left now. Bill Maher, none of these people are conservatives. None of these people are even moderates. They're committed progressives, but they are abhorred at what has happened to speech in this country. They understand that chilling speech, which is... is is the wrong way to go. If you cannot defend your position to the point where you have to shut down opposition to it, your position's pretty weak. I wanted to spend the last little bit talking about, uh, there's a case... rolling through uh, the courts. And, and I caught a glimpse of it. Uh, Terry Jeffries has an article today, uh, op-ed today, talking about what, if, what would happen if you went to school and your, teacher, and your teacher says, what is one plus one? And you answer, two, right? And the teacher says, no, it's three. And so then you, you know, the little, little girl holds up her fingers, one finger on each hand, one plus one is two. And the teacher was to say something to the extent of one plus one equals three. That is the official policy of this school district. It's not based in fact. It's a policy. What would you think about that? Well, this is what's happening in regards to uh, athletics, women athletics in particular, of course, and it's not exclusionary, but you don't have a lot of women uh, that are trans men signing up to go and play football or run track or play basketball or pretty much any male sport once you hit puberty. I mean, yes, girls before girls hit puberty tend to earlier than boys. Yes, girls uh, in preteen years may be bigger than boys, may be stronger than boys. But by and large, by the time puberty is done, high school and into college, that is not the case. Yes, there are some women that are capable of beating some men. 
that that is the exception rather than the rule. Title IX of uh, civil rights was specifically built to address uh, equal opportunity for women in sports. Now, the second uh, court of appeals has has ruled on 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 a lawsuit regarding Connecticut's policy, uh, saying, "Well, because you had one girl, you know, two guys who identified as girls." And I love those terms. We're going to get back to that in a minute. This is going to be probably not a very cool thing for some people. But you had two guys that that decided they were girls competing in girls sports. They won 13 of 14 championships. Because a girl occasionally beat them and won one of those 14 championship races, the courts said, well, you know, People are all different. You know, some girls are, you know, some women are are really big and relatively strong. And some guys are not. Which brings us to the heart of the matter. You know, I, I cannot begin to imagine what it would be like to truly suffer from gender dysphoria where you actually believe that you are something you're not. But as Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. And while I'm going to have compassion for you, and I'm going to try to treat you with respect, for you to require me, because that's what we're talking about here, to suspend the science and say that a guy is a girl, especially for purposes where you're talking about an objective competition in the case of sports, I'm not sure I can do that. And yes, this is something that hits me very close to home. And so so I realize my potential for alienating friends and family members for statements like that is a little bit difficult. There's opposition in all things. This is something that in the Book of Mormon, Lehi, uh, the patriarch at the beginning of the book, teaches to his son. Good and evil, right and wrong. Even goes so far as men and women. Are men and women opposites? No, they're not. But they are biologically different. Their brains are wired differently. 
obviously different genitalia, different hormones. And no matter what you do, no matter what surgeries you have, no matter what hormone therapies you take, it does not change the fact that if you were born a male, then you are a male. I think that the transgender community would be far more accepted if they just live their lives. And I'm not saying you have to conform with what I'm saying. I mean, I was just watching Friends the other day, and they had uh, Chandler, Chandler's father, you know, has this uh, uh, drag show in Las Vegas, and they talk about drag shows all the time where, where guys dress up as women. But does anybody pretend, really, that these are women? The fact that they feel more feminine, does that actually make them a woman? My answer to that is no, but perhaps it's because I'm a some sort of a transphobe. Probably some people will think that. It's really sad what we've come down to where we are asked to suspend science. We are asked, asking an entire sex, the female sex, to surrender their role in the greater good of the trans community. And, you know, they have names for those, by the way, for feminists who speak out against trans women. They're called TERFs. Uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. You know, there's not a lot, there's not all the harmony in Kumbaya and the LGBTQRSTUV community that is given on the television and news. There are some people that feel that transgender people are homophobes. I'll just leave that at that. I apologize for the controversial uh, demeanor for this segment. I don't apologize for stating facts. Fact is, suicide rate of transgender people is no different 
whether they have had hormone and and or surgical uh, alterations or not. It's still the same. That right there should say something about the science. I just worry about what we're doing. My life matters. Does yours? I guess some people will think that their life does not matter to me, and that's not true. It does. That's why I'm speaking. It's Snake River Lib. Have a wonderful Christmas.